I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Fucking poor Brian. So what's really funny, and we I said this right before we started recording, but I feel like it's worth getting on recording. We recorded with Tay, and you know Tay's all fucked up, and someone wrote into us. I don't know if it was on Patreon or Discord. It was Instagram. Instagram, and someone said, "Well, boys, you know, bad things come in threes." And Jerry, you've got CF. Tay, you got fucked up by a car. Brian, you're next. And the next day, literally the next day, mm-hmm. you called me and you go, Jer, they were right. Bad things, ha- things happen in threes. The prophecy fulfilled itself. And I was like, fuck off. And I hear you, dr- like, I hear you in en route somewhere. I can hear you're like in a fucking vehicle. And I go, what happened? I thought you were in an ambulance or something. I got really worried. Yeah. And you were like, I broke my ankle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, you were, you were at soccer. I mean, uh, you didn't break it. So you got a, you got a bad sprain. Yeah. I just sprained my Achilles and, um, your Achilles. my AC and my shoulder. Dude, um, sprained Achilles. That sounds awful. Yeah. Honestly, it felt worse when it first happened. Um, being like 24 hours removed from the situation now, like it, I'm feeling like I was a bit of a baby last night, but like, I'm definitely supposed to be off it for a couple of weeks and like, Letting it heal, they said probably like six weeks. Okay, until so, I can start like doing things again. Well, thank fucking god but, that my disease doesn't affect the way that I move around the world because you ain't getting anywhere quick. And Jesus Christ, you know Taylor's not fucking moving. Yeah, it's hard because I I can only really use like one crutch because my shoulders. Sore too, so like it's Jesus really Christ. ineffective. So what I'm just fucking, kind of basically walking on it anyway. Mess. But but I I do have a bone to pick with that Instagram comment because I honestly I think it's bullshit that they're counting your CF in that. In, I agree in that because like oh that's that something was that like you just live with like, 31 years ago. Right, exactly. 31 so, years ago. So up to and including today. So, what about all the bad shit that's happened since then? You know what? That's they're counting that. And you know what? I think that you're actually fucked now because. Taylor uh-huh. got into an accident. Some motherfuckers do not. Don't you dare curse me. Now you're. Now you got to watch your back. Yeah, don't try doing any of your own stunts. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's a great segue into our conversation today. Uh, our guest today is Amy. Hello, a stunt coordinator for no, movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, not you're not. What is your job? You're. Uh, I am a rehab assistant, so I do occupational therapy assistance Dude. and. 
You Physiotherapy. Fu- the fucking t- two of you should just hang out. I, I actually, we invited her on the episode today so I could like have like a free consultation. <laughs> just so she could, free therapy. Yeah, yeah, so she could palpate your fucked up ankle and shoulder. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, look, I'm going to start. I mean, we've started, but I want to start this conversation with our guest today, Amy. And look, I am going out on a limb here, <laughs> but I feel like this is the best way to break the ice for the three of us. So, oh, wait, hold on. Wait, the three of who? Yeah, because guess what? Taylor's not here. And, and I've got this other voice to my right. Taylorette. Taylorette. <laughs> uh, we've got Taylor's fucked up. If you didn't listen to the last episode, Taylor's all fucked up. So we've got someone filling in for Taylor. And it's the uh, co-producer, co-host, and my co-life partner. Actually, you are my co-life partner. That's uh, true. Yeah, my wife. Bridie McLean. Hello there. Co-host and co-producer of Turn Me On Podcast. And if you're a longtime Sick Boy listener, you've heard us sit down and chat with Bridie on a full episode. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be here. Thanks for asking me. Thanks yeah. for joining us, babe. So to break the ice for the three of us, and I think for you, Amy, mm-hmm. and I definitely think for our listeners, I'm going to start this episode with a little joke. Are you guys ready? Sure. What's funnier than a dead baby? A dead baby in a clown costume. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> I was like, no, Is that Jeremy. Is sick and twisted or what? No, I have heard that before. I bet you have. We are, I think I've wow. said that before and made people feel very uncomfortable. <gasps> right? Yeah. So, so why don't you tell the guest? I mean, if, if someone uh, t- it clicked on this episode without looking at the title, which I'm sure will tell them what this is about. <laughs> we're here to talk about? Stillbirth. Dead babies. Yep. Yep. You got it. And I, so, perfect little segue here. Your, your application, oftentimes you have people ask, like, how do you choose? How do you choose what you guys want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that go into us making the decision on what we want to talk about on the show. One big one is, like, what's the current city that we're in? And, you know, does it geographically make sense for us to talk to someone in person? But another thing is is what someone writes about what it is that they are applying to talk about, right? You applied and your illness, I think it said, like, it's like, what cool illness do you have? And you're like, I don't have any illness, but uh, I want to talk about, like, dead babies. <laughs> and your application really struck me, and the, the part that struck me the most was um, how you went through this experience. Mm-hmm. And how heavily uh, you experienced the the stigma surrounding a stillbirth in that, like, no one wanted to or no one was comfortable in, like, talking about anything after you went through something pretty traumatic, I would say. Yeah. Um, so I guess my first question is, like, Phil, I mean, Brody might know, but Phil... Brian and I am for sure. Maybe Bridie doesn't know. Just because I have a uterus doesn't mean that I know <laughs> I just assume everything. all women know. Fellas. And you're like, assuming that I haven't studied up on uh, female anatomy oh, and things like that? I'm definitely assuming that. <laughs> um, at, at what point do you figure out like uh, that it's a stillbirth? Like, Is that like right up to the moment the baby comes out? I totally wanted to ask that too. Uh, it's different for everyone. Um, so you can like deliver your baby and they can be like it's dead or you can know ahead of time 
Um, and so you could like go in for your appointment or go in for reduced movement so you don't feel the baby move as much as you normally would. And they can say there's no heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, in my instance, um, I actually did. So I did have a stillbirth, but I actually did a medical abortion. Mm. Oh, yes. Well, okay. So what does that mean? So what that means is I had my um, <laughs> my twenty week ultrasound, which is like the technically usually the first one you get. I got one earlier because I have endometriosis. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's so I went in for my twenty week ultrasound, and I was in there forever. But I had never been pregnant before, so I didn't know that that was not normal. And the girl said, um, I'll be right back. I'm just going to get someone. I can't get a good picture. And so she left. And my husband was like, oh, we're fucked. He was like, this happens in the movies. They leave. And then a doctor comes back. Well, he said that right away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, so he was cluing in. I was gluing in, too. It was like we had been there like I don't know how long they normally are because that was my first one. But we had been there for like a good hour at this point. Mm -hmm. And she was just like going over things, taking pictures, taking pictures. And so she left. She was gone for like a half an hour. I was getting pissed because you have to have a like super full bladder. And I felt like I was going to die. I had to pee so bad. And then she came back and she said, we're going to get you to come back on Monday we didn't get a very good picture of the heart. And I was like, okay. So I instantly started like texting all my friends that had babies and was like, is this normal? And everyone was like, oh no, it's fine. It's good. And then the next day I had a phone call from my gynecologist office and she was like, hey, like your doctor wants to see you first thing tomorrow morning. And at that point you're only going every four weeks. And I had just seen him like three days ago. So I was like, something is definitely wrong. Mm. And so we went in the next morning and um, I had been being seen at the IWK because I have endometriosis. So I was already, I had already been being followed there for like years of my life. And so um, we went in in the morning and my doctor was just like, I love my doctor because like he's just to the point, like he's not all lovey-feely, like let's sugarcoat things. And he just was like, something is very wrong with your baby's heart. And I was like, okay. And this is this is 20 weeks? It was around the 20-week mark, yeah. And, and how many weeks? Five did, months. How many weeks is, that's like, five months? Like yeah. 40 weeks, 39 weeks for yeah. full term. Okay. Yeah. So like halfway. Halfway. Yeah. Okay. And so <laughs> a stillbirth, they they kind of differentiate in the medical world from a miscarriage and a stillbirth at 20 weeks. So anything 20 weeks and after is a stillbirth. And then anything before 20 weeks, they call a miscarriage. Okay. And why is, is that like because of um, like the viability of the, Um, I'm not sure why I think it has to do with. So when that happens, what happens next? So, before 20 weeks, you would either miscarry naturally or they would do what's called a DNC where they basically go in. I don't know the details because I've never had one, but they somehow they dilate you, go in and they like, I want to say like scrape your baby out. Like they remove it. <sighs> that's, yeah. okay. that's 20 weeks and, bef- and that's earlier? That's before 20 mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. Or if you're really early, you just usually pass it naturally, right? Okay. I think it is. So according to the Canadian Medical Association's policy on inducted abortion... Viability may be possible if the fetus weighs more than 500 grams or 
is past 20 weeks. So it probably, yeah, the, the miscarriage mm-hmm. versus stillbirth is probably that probably falls <laughs> within the, the, like the, the date of viability. Right. Right. So yeah. it's like, if it's, it's, if it's beyond this date, it is considered a, a, a living, like a human. And right. if it's before this date, it is a fetus. I mean, if the fucking language is like, yeah, it, it depends on how you look at it. But I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm gathering there. I'm really curious as to how that plays into the <coughs> like abortion laws. You know, like yeah, like especially now because you know, like one way you're calling it like what 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 do you call it, Jerry? When you're reading that there, like an the induced and an, an induced miscarriage. Uh, no, no, no. That's so. That's the that is the induced abortion. So, so that, that this is how mm. it works into abortion is the the law would be you can't have an abortion unless the baby falls like underneath the the time of viability. So, so if the baby is is like viable as a human, then we can't abort. Right in Canada. Well, or like some in of most places that go abortion Except is Georgia. cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're in Alabama. <laughs> um, most like most places that go and, and look also I'm a fucking dumb dumb. I don't know <laughs> shit. But the way that I got the, the from what I've gathered if the baby is viable, which in Canada According to Canada.com, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck that is, <laughs> uh, the, the Google. viability may be possible if the fetus weighs more than 500 grams or is past 20 weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, what then what happens when so you talk then to we, your doctor? Yeah, we go in and he says, like, he just says, basically, he says, your baby's heart is not right. Um, and he says, I don't know all of the details. Um, I can name a couple of the things and he splurred off these big huge words of what was wrong but basically um our baby only had half of a heart okay Whoa. so one half was like severely underdeveloped so i mean it was there but it was like severely underdeveloped and so he kind of said this is what's going to happen he said i'm really sorry it's friday cuz Fuck all is going to happen on Friday after like he says, you're going to come back on Monday and you're going to be here all day Monday and all day Tuesday. You're going to get another ultrasound and you're going to get a fetal echo. So it's a look at the heart and fetal being just of the baby inside of you. So and then you're going to meet with a cardiologist. And so he said, but what it's going to boil down to, he said in a very like vague Exclamation that I can give you as a gynecologist is that your baby is um, going to need, if it lives through delivery, it's going to need multiple surgeries um, and it's not going to live very long. Just and, straight up. Whoa. He's like, oh, yeah. if this comes to term yeah. and you have this baby, yeah. it's, it's, it's not. Done for, like yeah. he says, it is not. He doesn't say it's probably not going to live long. He just says it won't live long. He says it's like he said it likely won't live long. Wow. Yeah. Um, what What's going through your your mind and your husband's mind? At Honestly, that at this point, I'm just like completely in shock. Like yeah. nothing. I didn't cry or anything at that appointment. Mm-hmm. I actually, so I knew I had the appointment. Um, my work is like super supportive, and I like left all my stuff at work, and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to this appointment. Like, whatever. I'll be back." <laughs> 
And so he said what it was going to boil down to is you have to make a choice. You either are going to carry this pregnancy through (coughs) or you're going to interrupt this pregnancy is kind of how they put it. And so I said, interrupt it how? And he said, you're going to terminate it. Or you can choose to keep it and go full term and basically see what happens. And so he said, but you'll know more after you go to these, after we do a fetal echo and you meet with this cardiologist and stuff. And so I then right there, right then knew that this baby was like, I it wasn't. Yeah. I was not going to be having this baby like whatever, four months down the road. My husband was kind of more, well, let's see what they say and da, 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 da. But I kind of knew like they don't just, if it's something small, like if your baby's missing a finger or something, they're not like, hey, do you want to kill your baby? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like the fact that they were offering that to me spoke to me i was like okay you're you're talking about this like pretty candidly right now is it is it hard for you to like think back and uh, recount the story how long ago was this it was a year in january so about a year and a half okay yeah and still pretty fresh uh, it's relatively f- fresh yeah uh, and i the reason why i ask is i don't know i i see a lot of like um people celebrating their pregnancies on like instagram for example mm-hmm and I'm like the type of person who just gets like roped right up into that. Like I, I love it. I'm so happy for those people. And I think that it's really great. But sometimes I, I, you know, in the nature of doing this podcast and talking to a lot of people who have had complications during their pregnancies, there's two things that always cross my mind when I see people posting about their pregnancies. One is like, are there people who have struggled with their pregnancies who see this stuff and feel bad about their own situations definitely and the second thing is what happens if they all of a sudden experience complications during their pregnancy and it's so publicly being like celebrated and then all of a sudden they have to say oh well i miscarried or i had a stillbirth or there's like these extreme complications like what i've never seen that happen but like does it add me up It did happen to me. So I waited a bit to post because my husband and I struggled with infertility for, I think it was two and a half years by the time I had gotten pregnant with um, that time. And because I have endometriosis, so that was like our cause. And I had stage four, so it was really bad. Mm -hmm. And so I had had, before we got pregnant, I had had a surgery to get that all removed and burned and taken out of me. So you guys remember kind of what it's when the cells Mm -hmm. that are on the inside of your uterus, just for people that don't know, the cells that are on the inside of your uterus um, grow on the outside of your uterus and in other parts of your um, abdomen. Other parts of your body. Yeah. For for most people, it's their abdomen. Like when Mm -hmm. I listened to that other podcast, I was like, what? People can have endo in their nose? Like I've never heard of that. But that, is that not true? We had actually that. That was really like I know that, that girl said that, and that, I don't know it, if it was true or not. That was a very fucking heated it, episode because we had a lot of people write in, and be like, "Oh, really? What the fuck are you guys talking about?" And we were like, "We don't know. What we're, we don't know <laughs> what we're talking about." <laughs> I've never heard of that, but that doesn't mean it's not true. For me, it was in my like strictly in my abdomen. It had gone into my uh, colon, so it had perforated like into my bowels Whoa, and stuff. Whoa, that sounds fucking painful. Yeah, so I got a lot of it removed, but they couldn't remove all of it because they would have had to cut my colon, which is like super dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so 
my surgery was supposed to be like a half an hour and it took them like five hours to remove Whoa. it all. And the thing is, they don't know that you have endometriosis until they do that surgery. Like it's a diagnostic surgery. Oh, they okay, say you really? have suspected endometriosis because of the like symptoms that you have, but there's no way to see it until you like go in and look basically. So it's like an exploratory. Anyway, so I had just had that surgery in April and then I got pregnant in September. And so I am one of those people that like see like Facebook posts of people getting pregnant like a week after they're married or like whatever, like somebody that's single or like, you know, something like that. And you're like, really? Um, So I, I put a lot of thought into posting. Um, Right. You mean, you mean you like seeing people get like pregnant a week after they're married or like they're signaling like and how and e- like we've like been struggling perceptively yeah. easy it was for them to do that. Yeah. And it's just hard when you're trying so hard for something that should be so easy and like everyone it feels like everyone else is getting it when you're not. Mm-hmm. And so I really wasn't sure if I was going to post like I was really kind of debating even posting and I couldn't really decide. So I didn't end up posting till I was like 16 or 17 weeks. But in the end, I decided to because I was like, it's not really fair for me to have to withhold my happiness. Like I've gone through my struggles and I want to share that with people. So I did end up posting. And then I ended up having to post that that was not the case mm. later on. <laughs> was that was that hard? Um. Honestly, like I know other people that have gone through it just because I've gone through it, but um, and (coughs) they didn't post. And for me, that felt worse because I was like, obviously pregnant. Like I looked pregnant at that point at like it was like five and a half months by the time I had had them. And so like running into people and then you're suddenly like I had them. And then within like three days, my I was back to normal. I was skinny like I was. So, like, running into people right. and having to, like, go through what had happened over like, were, and over again. Were people like, Amy, where's the baby? Some oh people God, were. Oh, my God, you look so good. <laughs> you look so, girl, you look so fit. Oh, yeah. my God, I can't believe you just had a baby. Exactly. Like, are they pulling that shit? Not too much, but that was because I posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Yes, okay. So, so if I didn't post, mm. I think I would have got a lot of that. Yeah, right. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to do that. Isn't so it like, crazy, like, the the world that we live in, like, with social media and, like, like we're all trying to, like, figure out what the etiquette is for, like, you know, communicating and sharing our lives digitally with one another. Mm. It's just so, it's it's so crazy because it's such, like, an added stress, I think, to, it is. to be able to, like, you know, you're talking about something that is, like, hard enough to deal with, you know, when you're dealing with it on your own, but then you've got, like, this audience that's, like you feel obligated to like share that with too. Right. Yeah. And if you don't, then like, you know, you bear the burden of like running into people mm-hmm. and having to explain it to them in person and stuff like that too. So it's like, it's so, it's so interesting to try to like navigate that as you also deal with like the actual challenges that exist in the real world. Well, especially yeah. when it comes to those hard topics, right? right? Like those hard things that you may or may not feel the need to post Mm -hmm. yeah like normally i wouldn't i'm not like a frequent poster like i probably maybe post something on instagram like once a month and it's probably my dog (laughs) so like to put something so personal on there i wouldn't say like i'm a reserved person like i'm an open book but like to put that on there and then i also was really it took me a long time to write the post because 
I at that time in my like when I posted, I posted it a couple of days after I had them. I was still um, hadn't come to terms with like telling people exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So what did exactly happen? So what did exactly happen was um, we went home after that appointment and um, I was like, I'm just not really going to tell anybody because I don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, my husband wanted to tell his parents because he's like really close to them. So we did tell them, but we didn't really know anything for sure at this point. Like we just knew something really serious was wrong. I would say I knew that we probably weren't going to have this baby like living. Um, but my husband was still like, he needed to go get the test done, like, you know, see all these things. So we went in on the following Monday and we had like a bunch of ultrasounds. We had a fetal echo. Um, and they just kind of, at this point we were being seen on the seventh floor, which is like the high risk floor. Um, cause their machines and stuff are all fancy and better. <laughs> and so we had gotten, we went to a different doctor who specialized in kind of high-risk pregnancies. And then we didn't really learn a whole lot more on Monday. Like, she basically just asked us what our understanding of the situation was, and then I told her, and she was like, yep, that's about right. Um, And then at some point, like, I remember asking, like, okay, so we decide to terminate this pregnancy, like, then what? Because you don't think, like, you hear a miss maybe not before but nowadays you do people are a lot more open about miscarriages which is really good mm-hmm. but like so you kind of just think oh like i'll just have like a miscarriage type situation and they're like no you're gonna get induced and you're gonna go through labor and have a baby and you're oh, like what whoa. Oh, so whoa. so right right because like I, and again i don't know this but again coming back to that article of like the viability of a baby in the and the you know twenty weeks, mm-hmm. it, it I'm okay. I'm turning to you now, Bride, because you've had an abortion. Your abortion was hella early in mm-hmm. the term of the pregnancy. Five weeks. Five weeks in, so obviously that procedure. I'm guessing. I actually I don't know why I say obviously. I just assume mm-hmm. you're. They don't make you. They don't induce you. Like, they just go and vacuum that shit out, don't they? They go in and, and do something. They, they go in and they extract whatever's in you. Mm-hmm. But at the past 20 weeks or past 500 grams, they don't do that. No. They need to induce you and you need to... Have a baby. Go through the process of labor. Yeah, because it's too big, I think, at that point to just like... Scoop it out. So, right. It's okay. not full grown, but it's like. But it's grown enough. Yeah. Holy fuck. That's. Wow, so that's, that's what so blew wild. my mind. I was like, come again. <clears throat> what? Like, I just thought like, I don't know what I thought. I just thought you don't think of it. You just think, oh, okay, you're. And a lot of, I hear this from a lot of other people that have had stillbirths. Like they say there's no heart rate or whatever. And like, you just don't, people don't think about what happens at that stage. Like what how do you actually get that baby out of you, right? Because it's not going to just disintegrate and mm. they're not going to... I kind of thought maybe they would, like, do a C-section, but, like, 
No, that he just was like straight up, we're going to induce you and you're going to. Because I, I imagine that they wanted to be like the least traumatic experience, like traumatic for your body physically. Yeah. Right. So that hopefully. Yeah, like C sections are awful. Like C sections are a big you. deal. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think. So you have to put, like, do you got to yeah, push? Like, I was in labor for like 12 hours and had Holy a baby. Wait, okay, so, <laughs> so the, you go through these two appointments on like yeah. Monday and Tuesday. Or and whatever. then Tuesday we go and meet a cardiologist, and he's like the go-to guy like he knows all okay. about what's going on and so he basically says he's got like all these long names for everything but your chances of your baby having a congenital heart defect is under one percent and our baby had several oh wow yeah so oh. it's really hard for them to really give you true statistics because he's like i've never really seen this before He's like, I will speak to you on each individual heart defect and explain it and tell you like the consequences of that. But I can't really 100% say like all of these things together. Um, And so he was really nice. Pretty sure he met us on his lunch hour because like we our appointment was at 12. And so he had like a printout of a regular heart and he had a print uh, a picture that he had drawn of like our baby's heart. And it was like mind blowing that he could see all this in like a little black and white screen. Mm -hmm. Like it blew my mind. And so he had like a little red pen and a blue pen and he had like the oxygenated blood and he kind of explained all the different heart defects to us. And what it boiled down to is because one thing didn't develop, the next thing didn't develop. And because that didn't develop, this didn't turn out right. Um, The two main arteries were kind of twisted and in the wrong um, chambers of the heart. So there was like all this super medical crazy stuff wrong. And to make it like digestible for you, he just drew two like two hearts, like, you know, the, the, like stereotypical like Valentine's Day heart and one had a smiley face. Yes. And then the other one had just like a, a sad, sad face. face. And yes. he was like And a tear. This is your baby's heart. Yes. It's got the tear, so you know it's just a bad sad, it's a sad heart. heart. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, so broken. You know, I hope you get I hope you get it. <laughs> and the it was like just, a broken heart. Like it was yeah, a yeah, like a little crack. Yeah. It was that was smaller, it. much smaller than the big one. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. One yeah. half was big and the other half was like very tiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so he explained them all, and what it boiled down to was <coughs> if we decided to <coughs> continue on with our pregnancy, we were to... So literally, our baby would be born, and it instantly would not be able to breathe, was one of the defects. So he said, we do have this medicine that we can give the baby right away, and it might help. Um, and there's this exploratory surgery they're doing for this other heart defect, but that's at Sick Kids in Toronto. So you'd fly to Toronto and deliver your baby, and then they would give it this medicine. They'd take it to surgery. Like, they take it because you deliver in Toronto. You deliver at the adult hospital, mm. and then they would take it over to Sick Kids across so the street. So he, he's really painting a picture for you. Yeah, he's like... that is That is making this case, like... You know, unless you're like, unless you're, 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 you subscribe to like Christian science, Mm -hmm. like he's basically painting this picture for you to go. He's painting a true picture. He's not uh, sugarcoating it. Yeah, there's no fucking way I want to do this. But he's not at all saying this is what should happen. 
Like he's not, he's, they're not, people ask me all the time, well, did they tell you you should get like rid of it? And and like, they didn't at all. They were like, we're Mm -hmm. cool with whatever you decide to do. Cause I'm sure a lot of people, like you said, for religious reasons or whatever, whatever the reasons are, they decide to continue, which is, I think fine for them. Yeah. Like I think either decision is okay. Um, it's just being allowed to make the decision. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, and, the, and like that's the thing is I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't help but put myself in your shoes when I hear this, mm-hmm. and I cannot imagine hearing all of that and going, well, "I don't fucking care." Yeah. I don't fucking care. Like, baby's not going to breathe as soon as it comes out of me. Mm-hmm. Then then let's do it anyway. Like, let's, let's try. Like I, I've, I've, I feel like personally I would hear that and go, I can't do that. Like I can't, I can't go through with that. And so, yeah, that was like the first, like that was the first two issues. And then it was like, you know, from then the appointment, we were there for like an hour, but from then the appointment went like, if the baby survives this first surgery within three hours of being born, it was a lot of ifs. So if the baby survives through delivery and then if this medication works and the, you know, the baby can breathe and then if it gets this surgery and it lives through that, then it gets another surgery when it's four months. And if it lives through that surgery, then it gets another one when it's six months. And if it lives through that, like there was just like it went one on and on and on. And he said, I really can't tell you like how it would pan out. Like, I can just tell you that these are, and he explained what each surgery would do. And, um, you know, but in the end, he kind of said, and I already knew, like I said, but I feel like my husband needed that. But in the end, he kind of said, I remember this part, like I, a lot of it went, right over, even though he did a really good job at explaining it, but like a lot of it just, you're just not a doctor. Yeah, because you're in shock, right? And so at the, I do remember, closer to the end he like I wasn't really truly understanding like the implications I guess but he said so your baby will never feed like it will have a feeding tube he said because your baby so say your lungs are and you might understand this a bit so say your lungs are like a sponge he's like your baby will have like a wet sponge and it will be like extremely labor intensive for your baby to breathe and he said um, he won't, like, your baby won't be able to, like, breastfeed, won't, like, move or speak or, like, do any of these things because literally all of its energy that it, like, has goes into breathing. Mm-hmm. He's like, so your baby would suffer to breathe if it lived through all these, you know, five or six surgeries. After hearing all of that, was it a hard decision to go? For me, no. Yeah. I have a medical background though, so I'm like facts and statistics and stuff like that. That really like resonates with me. So how quickly after like they lay all this stuff up for you? Yeah. You obviously have to make a decision. Is it? it, They say you have time, but the longer you wait, not the worse it is, but like, you know, your baby, my baby was still like alive and like chilling in there. So like, they're like, you do have time, but you know, let's not go weeks and weeks. Like... Um, we decided that day. Okay. I kind of went in there knowing. And so he's like, I'm going to leave you guys for a minute. And he's like, I'll be back. You don't have to make a decision right now or anything. 
Um, he says, but if you do know, I'll page the doctor on the seventh floor and let her know, and you can go right back up. And well, so he, you can like go and do the procedure, or they talk not about yet. it. Okay. No, you go up and talk about well, it. Well, shit, I thought you were going to say that. that and then, it and then was just pretty quick, it, like though. That. <laughs> um, and then so he left, and I think like. It kind of reminds me, I honestly, I don't want to trivialize this, but I was just watching Love It or List It right before I came here. And it's like, is are it, you going to love it? What is that? Is what? that a fucking HGTV show? It is, yes. yeah. So, they like redecorate you know, your yeah. home and then one guy shows them new homes and they pick if they're going to love their old home or go to a new home and they always love it. Did they love it? They loved it, Exactly. Yeah. Know, Every yeah. single time. I totally agree. They always love it's it. It's because the woman's like really sentimental oh and doesn't want to leave her home and da-da-da-da-da and, and the woman always wins. And the guy's like, but there's a fucking hot tub at the new place. And, yeah. and this one it was a three-car garage though. Yeah. Oh, man. Every okay. time. Yeah. So, so wait, I, what was your? How, how did we well, get there? So the reason why is because like the 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 doctor or sorry the real estate <laughs> agents like I'm just gonna give you a minute. Yeah. And can deliberate and like the the couple like has this like conversation about like this really like oh we we've, we've been in this home for 25 years and we raised this our, is kids where our kids here. Kids grew and, up. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like this sentimental like they conversa- make it super dramatic it. too. Like I'm sure it's not really that dramatic. Right. And I <laughs> and the only reason I bring this up is because I was literally just, just watching, watching that it. show. How long? Was that a long, like, how long? Yeah, so we decided. I think we both knew in our hearts, but neither one of us wanted to, like, come out and say it. it. So I just said it. I was like, well, I was like, it would be in my my thought processes, because we really wanted that baby. Like, we had tried for a long time. I had to have this friggin' surgery that took forever and ended up having complications. I was back in the hospital for a week. Like, I had suffered a lot to get here, and... Um, I had been on like injections for like hormones for my endometriosis. Like, so it was like, we really wanted it, but I was like, it's kind of selfish. Like that was kind of the way I saw it. Like, Mm -hmm. let's bring this poor child into this world to suffer every day of its friggin' life to breathe, like just to breathe so that we get a baby. Like, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. And so... That's how I looked at it. I know, like, like I said, other women probably make different choices and that's totally cool. But that's how I saw it. I was Mm -hmm. like, like it was at all, like I've had people say to me, oh yeah, that would be hard for you guys to like have a child that has special needs or disability, but it wasn't really about that. This is so far beyond special needs. Yeah. And this is like, I And like I had said to my husband going in there, I'm like, oh God, I was like, our baby has Down syndrome or cerebral palsy like mm. i was like this and i was like that's not really what i want but i'd be okay with that like i work with people that have disabilities every day like i'm not uncomfortable around like people that have disabilities or like catheters and you know medical equipment and being in and out of the hospital like i work mm. in a hospital like and so something like that i think would have went differently and i don't even know if you get the option if that's the case or not but anyways so to me it was just a, it would have been selfish to to keep the baby yeah. mm-hmm. cuz again this is like this is that's this is not even within that realm you yeah. know and i i get i get how I really appreciate how you can sit here and say like that might not be somebody else's opinion oh, and yeah. and i totally get that but like man if you were sitting here and you were like, so we decided to do it, I, I, I would have a hard time yeah. not just like pulling my hair out going, why? Why? Yeah. Like, why would you, why would you, why would you f- like, 
look, doctors don't know everything. They don't. Yeah. But like if a doctor's sitting there and telling you, look, yeah, like this they thing don't is, this tell is, you that if they don't think this thing's that. gonna come into the world yeah. and it's going to struggle to even Breathe. make it a fucking day. Mm-hmm. And like may, two days is like that's a that's a very lucky being. And three mm-hmm. days, like you're just it's beyond chances. Like to me, it's just like a, a no brainer of like, what? Well, no, no, I don't want to. Yeah, I would never want to do I, that to something. I, I hear you, and like I, I find it really <coughs> interesting. And like I, my opinion on this, this is always evolving as as like I learn more about it too. But like also, you know, people say like, oh well, you know, if it's the master plan or yeah, know, destiny. If it's destiny that you're gonna have this baby like you, God's you, plan you can't or... you can't kill it it's god's plan it's my favorite Drake like, song, by the mm-hmm. way but like at the same time it's like oh well you don't want to terminate the pregnancy but you want to bring that in to the that human into suffer for you know three yeah. or four years and mm. then inevitably end up dying too like i don't know it's it's really hard to make that decision and the fact is is that people have to make that decision and the even more important thing is the fact that people have that decision you mm. know because in some places they don't now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, talking about, I mean, we just, we recently spoke to our friend Estelle and I don't think Estelle had a say, you know, I think Tommy came, just came out. Tommy mm-hmm. was like knocking on the fucking door going, I'm here, you know, and, and, and Tommy's life was a, was a, was a, a real struggle, but he fucking he lasted a long time. Yeah. He brought a lot of I, I mean, a long too. time. He, he lasted a lot longer than I think that maybe the medical community expected him to. And he brought a lot of joy. Yeah. So it is, you know. I think it's a very personal decision. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. I don't think one is right and one is wrong. Yeah. And I think it's very um, scenario specific. Like, it depends on what is wrong with your baby exactly. as well. And, and most importantly, we shouldn't judge other people no. based on the decisions that they made. No, Even I if would it's not the one that we would have. Made, I would never you know? judge somebody for keeping their baby. Right. Like, you know what's right for your child. So, so you you go up to the so yeah we floor say yep we're gonna we're gonna terminate, and so we go back up, and then from that point it's just um, we meet with the our doctor that's now following us there, and it's just like we have to sign forms like saying that this is what we're doing, and then it's like when do you want to do it. And, like, at that point, like, you're kind of, for myself, because, like, it's inside of me, and I'm like, get this out. Like, I don't want nothing to do Was with this little human. Like, Im- oh, yeah. Like, because, Immediately. Like, uh, right. Because, like, first, like, before You're like, the I'll, whole, I'll just you know? detach myself from it, and, like, it won't hurt so bad. Oh, wow. So, like, that's what, like, was it's it like a consciously defense. or was it, like, subconsciously? You were just like, okay, all right, I think done. it's subconsciously, but, right. like, I literally was, like, can we do it right now? Like, I want to do. We didn't know what we were having at this point because we did not plan on finding out until we had it. And so I was just like, I don't care. Like, I want to do it right now. I don't care what it is. I don't want to see it. I don't, like, just give me the drugs and get it out. Like, that was my mindset. Wow. Yeah. So what did they say to that? (laughs) They said, everyone says that. That's normal. But we... Studies show that it helps with the grieving process if you... Eat it. (laughs) Toes first. (laughs) And then the ears. No. (laughs) 
Trust us, we know all about grief. Yep. The toes, there's something about the toes. It's very helpful. Helps if you make it yeah. into tacos. Yes. Oh yep. my God. Roll it in a bun or something. But sorry, but sorry, what 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 was going to help with the grieving process? If you like... Spend time with present, it? present, yeah. If you oh, wow. hold it and all this. And she was Whoa. like, so yeah, she was like, do you want to hold it? And I was like, hells no. And my husband was like, well, I would like to, which is like... So surprising to me. Like, my husband's like quiet, reserved, like, whatever you want to do. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, so laid back. He's just like country boy. He's a fisherman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just not. I was just shocked, to be honest. Mm -hmm. He was like, I do. And I was like, well, who am I to take that from you? Like, sure, if you want to hold it, go ahead. But I don't want to see it. And she <laughs> Did was, you, when, but when he was like that, when he said that, were you like, oh, maybe I would no, too? No, I was still like, Straight you can, up. but I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And she was like, the doctor was just like, I know that's how you feel now, but like, it's really important that you like go for to help with grief. She's like, I've never in my whole, she's like, we do this all the time which surprised me and she was like i've never in my whole career have someone regret like holding their baby wow interesting that she was um so sure of her of of themselves yeah. on that point point. and i think it was just experience because yeah. she said to me i've never had someone regret holding their baby they're stillborn she's like mm. but a hundred percent of the people that have not done it regret it oh, oh wow, that's interesting. wow 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 yeah did that change your mind Nope, not at that time. That's so weird because <laughs> I think about like when my sister passed away, they gave us the option to see her body and I was like, no thanks. And I have never regretted that for a minute of my life. Yes, but now let like unpack that for a second. You're, you, you were how old? 18. And she was 26 and she was in a, a horrible car accident. Mm -hmm. Like it, that, I, 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 that I, that I get, that I understand. But even like open like casket. Oh, they have an open casket for Shay? They had like a family viewing. But even even that though, because like I mean, we've talked to Did you did you go to that? Or where did you see I think I saw it from it? afar. I, I definitely didn't go into the 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 whatever the whatever the person who does the makeup and stuff. Yeah, the room. like the embalming art the the, yeah. the mortuary. But but here's the thing about that is like that and not to derail your this no, no. this conversation, but like when I saw Brent, right, you're, so Bridie, your your uh, grandfather, Bri Brent was the first person I've ever seen in an open casket at a at a like a memorial at a funeral. And when I saw Brent, I remember going, "Nope, oh my god, yeah, that's mm -hmm. not Brent, mm -hmm. yeah, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, that's look every at his, his taut skin, his pulled open. up skin, and he, and if you if you had saw Shay." in that open casket after a traumatic event, like a car accident, there's no way they're going to make Shay look like Shay. Like I, no. I would be in the same boat as you. I would go, no, I don't want to, I don't need to see. Well, you don't need to remember someone like that version yeah. of them. Also, I, you know, we, I mean, we've talked about this, Bri, but mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that process of like, mm -hmm. of like end of life. I just find it hard to believe that. And that, that there, there, hundred percent of people would, yeah. you know. I'm pretty sure that. that's what she said. Like it, it, it's all yeah. a blur, so I could be, but I'm pretty sure that's what she said. And I still was like, no, thank you. But I also, I had a friend um, right after high school that got in a car accident and died, and her parents did an open casket, and I'll never forget how like weird, like mm. she looked. Like I was like, ooh, 
People no. in well, caskets do yeah, not like, look like... It's just so unnatural. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a plastic surgery sort of... Uh, Clay. Like, it it like, might as yeah. well be a wax version of that. Yeah. <laughs> because it yeah. doesn't look like... It looks like vaguely similar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, okay. So then you, your husband said yes. Yeah. You so said I said, no. that's fine. You can see it. And I said no. Because A, I was trying to detach myself. And two, B, I guess, was like you think about it. I'm only halfway through my pregnancy. So I'm like, <laughs> what? Like even full-term newborns kind of look a little bit like aliens. Let's be real. <laughs> I was like, I what agree. is it going to look like? Like I was scared of what it would look like because it wasn't. Right. It's like, not like it's not going to have like little. It does. No, dude, it, stuff it like does. Definitely At 20 yeah. weeks. Yeah, At that man. point, everything's yeah. developed. Eyes, everything. Whoa. Nose, fingers, tendons, legs, everything. Viability. Yeah. So the, the whole idea of viability is if we took this thing out of you right now, it's viable enough to potentially live mm. and have a life. So that's why they, that's why they go the, you know, this is where we cap off abortion because, mm. you know, I mean, it's such a fucking, it's such a crazy stupid, discussion, yeah. but like viability is like, well, before this point, uh, it's not going to live anyway, so get rid of it. But after this point, it could probably live, so we can't actually get rid of it. It's so yeah. arbitrary, like it's just like so like crazy. like borders, like country borders and province yeah, border, provincial borders and stuff. It's, it's like it's somebody a, just drew these lines, and we all live in according yeah. to them. Like, and depending on so where you live, crazy. that line is is a lot higher or a lot lower, and and very fucking it's arbitrary, controversial. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I had said, like, ASAP, like, let's do it. Let's get it out. And so she said, hold on. Let me go check with the nurse's station and see how busy we are. <laughs> and so. It's like a walk-in tattoo. Yeah. And so she said, I think at this point it was Tuesday afternoon. And she said, you can come in Thursday morning. So I was like, okay. That's really I, quick. I didn't really want to wait. Like, I was kind of like, oh, I was hoping I could do it tonight. But <laughs> apparently now, after the fact and talking to other people, that's actually a very quick turnaround for this. Mm-hmm. And so because my baby was still living, I think it's a bit different. Like, when your baby – so when you go in and find out that your baby's died, I think, like, they need to get it out quicker. Yeah. Um. But, like, my baby was still chill. Like, as long as – it was in me. It was fine. It was still in there, still ticking. Yeah. So, um, so they they don't call because I thought a stillbirth was like only if the baby had died already, and it was a stillbirth like, is when you deliver. A, so either a baby dies before it's delivered, so in utero, so like when it's in your belly, or it dies during delivery. Okay. So it's basically delivering a dead baby. And I also believe that it, it's it's only considered a stillbirth. After that point of viability. Yes. So after the yeah, 20 weeks. Yeah. 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 So after the 20 weeks. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of like, yeah, that's, I guess what it means in very layman's terms. So then but, on, on Thursday morning, you, so yeah, we go, go home right and we're like, well, shit, I should probably call my parents. So I called my parents. I called a couple friends. Um, and then we just kind of had to wait around for a day, which was kind of strange. Um, here's the like cruel, cruel part. So I had a frontal placenta, so that just means my placenta was in the front of my baby, I guess. So I hadn't actually felt my baby move. Are you so grossed out I'm right good. now? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. She just struggles with the pregnancy I know. stuff. <laughs> so it was in the front. So I hadn't actually, if you have a frontal placenta, sometimes you can't feel your baby move because there's an organ between your baby and your outside of your belly. And um, 
So I kind of was thought that was weird because normally you would feel before then, but the ultrasound tech said, oh, this is why you haven't felt anything. So I was, um, it was Wednesday night, the night before we went oh, in no. and I started to feel the baby move. Oh no. And I was like, why? Like, this is so cruel. Uh, why, why, why? Cause that's like, which must makes be. you so much more connected. You're yeah. like, holy, sh-. like there's actually a, like a baby in there. Like you can feel it. Wow. It was crazy. I was like, oh my God, Did this you is start just to, like my um, luck. Second guess for yourself at all? Nope. Or, okay. No. no, it just made it like, I was just like, I was angry. Like, I was like, why? Why now? Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now, what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So we got up the next day, and um, we went in. And it's just like, like you just go in and you go to registration and they bring you up and they actually have a room at the IWK for stillbirths because it happens that much. Well, I, earlier I looked up, I said, I Googled how many women have stillbirths. I think and it's like one in. It says most stillbirths happen before a woman goes into labor, but a small number happen during labor and birth. Stillbirth, this is for the U.S. Stillbirth mm-hmm. affects about one in 100 pregnancies. Yeah. So it happens a lot more. That's a lot of fucking babies. Than we would think, really. And so previous to this, I will say, um, there was a girl that I went to high school with, an acquaintance. She was on my Facebook. And when I was about 13 weeks pregnant, maybe, or something, she posted a post about her daughter arriving um, with pictures, and her baby was stillborn at 39 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was, like, rattled. Like, I was like, oh, my God, what a terrible thing to happen to somebody. Like, you're instantly like, oh, I feel so bad. And then you go to, like, I can't even imagine, which is just, like, so crazy to me. One in a hundred is, like... I mean, th- think of how many common. babies would be born a day. Like, yeah, you know, in, in Halifax alone, like, I was just thinking about that. There's got to be at least ten babies born a, oh, at, in Halifax least, a day. At, at least. least. So they have a room for stillbirth. Like that's how. Now, if you're past, and I don't know what the, like the, how many weeks it would be, but if you're past a certain amount of weeks, you have to go to labor and delivery. Like where regular, like I know my my acquaintance that I know, she had to go because she was 39 weeks, so she had to go to like labor and delivery just because it's it's more of a procedure when your baby's like eight pounds or nine pounds right Mm. but um there's a room for stillbirths at the iwk i'm sure they use it maybe for other things too but after the fact and talking to other people there's people i know that had to wait like a week because the room was booked for other people wow my cousin in northern ireland she she found out her baby died um while she was i think like like eight months pregnant and mm-hmm. she had to carry it for another month yeah before before she went they could put her in under labor or she had to go into mm-hmm. labor naturally or something but um if i was just wondering if there was any sort of my cousin's 
very religious. So I can only imagine what that like month of time was mm-hmm. like and like what maybe sort of like rituals or like communication or prayer or whatever she was doing in that time. Did you in your in your like really fast turnover, especially with like the baby moving for the first time, did you have any like moments of like just gonna say, Hey, how you doing? This is what we're doing. Not you know, really. Be well. No. no, I was like, I unattached from you because then it won't hurt. Mm-hmm. Like they, that was hundred percent where I was. Kind of speaking at. of like like ways to kind of like grieve that or cope with that. Um, do they offer up like uh, services for for they do. counseling? Um, so like a social worker comes in on the day like when you're in labor and she like gives you a pamphlet. And she talks about, like, you're entitled to a maternity leave. So you can have a, when you have a stillbirth, you can have a, I think it's shorter. It's four months, I think. Maternity leave. Um, She tells you a bunch of stuff. But, like, to be honest, like, you don't. You're just like, okay, whatever, lady. Like, you know what I mean? You're in labor. Like, you've. So you're like, you don't really care. It's just like not really the most care. opportune yeah. time to be talking about But they about do it. call. They're supposed to call, like, within a week and follow up. Um, And most of the time they do. And, like, talking to other people. But mine was on vacation, so I actually didn't hear from a social worker for quite a while. But I don't think that's the norm. Like, I think that's just the way it happened to be. She was on vacation for two weeks, and then I think she was sick. Like, I just, uh, it didn't happen like that for me. Um, They do have an infant loss, stillbirth uh, support group. It sounds like you've, like, kind of been connected with other people who have experienced this. I have. Yeah. Yeah, the power of social media. (laughs) <laughs> is that is that how you've like when you when you posted and, and said that this is what happened to you did did people reach out to you and say that they've oh, experienced tons. the same thing like for me it was the best thing I ever did I gained so much support through that post like so much like I had people like inboxing me and like commenting it and like oh. just and I was very so when I put when I did end up posting it I was very um choosy i guess with how i posted it at that time i didn't really want to tell people that we had terminated like i wasn't super comfortable with it so you put it in like a just cryptic, because like, i knew like every second letter of yeah. every word yeah you, you had like, to decode it yeah exactly yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah, a code yeah. sweet yeah i wish i was like that smart at that time <laughs> in my life <laughs> you needed a black light to actually yeah. read the message underneath yeah. no i think i posted something like it was like the day after and i just said um it's with like saddened hearts that we announced the too early arrival of our son. We found out it was a boy. Um, unfortunately, his heart just wasn't strong enough to survive in this world with us or something like that. Like it was mm-hmm. kind of vagueish, just because like initially I was like, Corey, don't tell anybody what we did. Like Ooh. I was very. Did you feel like that? You kind of felt like. I felt like- comfortable with it myself. But you were But I didn't want to hear other people's opinions at that time. Like I was like. I just Did, don't want people to judge the me. The last thing you need is when yeah. you're going through that is for people to like, like criticize. Just the fact people and not knowing what to say. People say stupid shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not religious, so I really wasn't interested in like people's what people thought. Did you think though that like, like, um, sort of anti-abortion type thoughts or or comments were like gonna. Uh, sort of make their yes. way into that discourse? I thought if I told people yes. Yeah. I haven't had anything like that. Good. But 
um, at the time I was very like, uh, worried about what other people would think which is not typically my personality and i'm not like that now but just where it was like so fresh i didn't like i didn't want to post on facebook like hey it's not like you owe i got an abortion like you don't owe it to those people to tell them yeah then it's really like nobody's business at that point (laughs) right but also technically you didn't have an abortion like on the books you didn't have an abortion no you had a yeah and they never at any point called it yeah they never at any point called it an abortion um they call it like terminating pregnancy, yeah. interruption of, they said interruption of pregnancy a lot. Right. Um, but I think, I mean, I've never heard anybody really call it that here, but I think in a lot of places they do call it like a medical abortion. Or a therapeutic abortion or something Yeah, like, like I think there's yeah. different terminologies for it. But Did you, um, I know we've, we've kind of gone past it, but like when it happened, did you... Did you take that time to grieve and like I be with the baby? I did end up doing it. Yeah. You did do it. Yeah. So we went in the morning and here's like something else that's kind of like, this is going to give you the heebie-jeebies. Um, so you go in and they're like, you can get induced and just have the baby and like it'll die while you're delivering it or like within seconds after because it's not going to be able to breathe. Or we can go in and um, I don't know what it was, but injected jug, uh drug into your umbilical cord and the baby will like slip away wow. kind of like putting your dog down i know that's yeah. like a bad reference but like it's like medical that's assistance a, that's in dying yeah it's a fucking yeah. perfect reference mm-hmm. yeah and so we had the option that was like the first second decision we had to make like what did we want to do and we decided to um let him slip away and i don't really know why i just thought like it's kind of stupid, but like, I'm like, how traumatic for a baby to be like, oh my God, I'm being born and I'm not ready. And like, and now I I'm can't dying. breathe. Like, yeah. you know, like for some suffocate? reason to yeah. me, I was like, that sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do that. And so I was like, okay, now to get that medication in the umbilical cord was like, my husband will forever be scared. They take this huge needle, like huge, and they like literally put it in your stomach. Holy fucking fuck. What? (laughs) And it goes like way in. (laughs) Oh, Jerry, you don't like those needles, do you? Shit. Yeah. Dude, I don't like needles already. Are you sweating right now? I don't like pregnancy already. (laughs) That's a double whammy. Those are the two worst things I could ever imagine going together. Yeah. So I went in and I was like really nervous (sighs) about doing that. And I was like, can I please have an out of and they were like, yes, you can. <laughs> were, you, were you nervous that like, I mean, yes, you're nervous about having a giant fucking needle go in you. But like, were you, the first thing that ran through my mind is like, what if they miss? Well, like, what if they miss the baby and it goes into you? Yeah, I never thought of that. I would imagine it's such enough. a small dose. Like the I baby guess. was so small. Like I'm sure it was like not a, but they did have trouble because what they do is I went in and ate and they put these tabs up in your cervix and that's how they induce you. And you start having contractions. And so crazy that they can do that. Yeah. And so they do that first. And then afterwards you go to get this thing done. So I couldn't feel contractions yet, but they were doing that. And like every time they would get close to the umbilical cord, I would have a contraction. And my husband said he could like see the needle being like, like bending, like bending inside of me. I'll never forget. Like I was like, I'm not going to look like it's on a screen. I was like, I don't see that. I was looking at my husband. Were you in pain at the time? Like, was it painful too or? Not really, surprisingly. Um, But I didn't see like any of it. Like I was like, and I had it out of it and like I was like chilled. 
And so, but I remember looking at my husband and my husband's face was like, he was like disturbed. Like he was like, this is gnarly as like, I can't deal. (sighs) Yeah. So they did that. And the other like really crazy thing about that is that like, I went there and the baby was alive and then I laid on this table and they did that. And then I got up and like instantly I noticed like the baby was dead weight, like just sunk down. Oh, Yeah. And that was like, I'll remember that feeling. Like it was like, that is crazy. When you, when they go to actually like put the needle in and they're actually going to do it, do they like kind of say like, all right, this is the moment and then do it? Or it's just like, I didn't like, I'm sure they would have, if I would have said, can you tell me? But like, I was just like, I don't want to know what you're doing. I'm over here on Ativan, like la la la. And so, and then from then on, they just give you those tablets to make you have contractions every four hours. How painful is that? You know what? I have endometriosis. So <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's fucking child's play. Endometriosis is like severely painful. Mm. Um, and I had it like stage four, like really bad. So like for the majority of the day, I was like, this is like not that bad. So we what? were like chilling, watching Netflix, like laughing. Like you would not believe like you would think that we'd be like a big hot mess. But yeah. we were just like, I was like, I have to do this. I have to be strong. And I just got to get it over with. And so we kind of went along all day like that. And then at eight o'clock, the nurses switched at seven. And the nurse that was with us all day was like, all right, you're not really making any progress. So I'll probably deliver your baby tomorrow when I come back tomorrow on my day shift. And so, like, I was like, back. okay. Yeah, the nurses were amazing. Um, and then this new nurse came on and um, she did my eight o'clock like tablets and it was literally i went from like nothing Zero to a hundred to everything so i got i thought like i just had to pee and i like i got up and i was like went to the bathroom and i was like oh man i'm starting to not feel right great and i literally couldn't get off the toilet like my my contractions went from zero to like a thousand within Whoa. like five minutes i could not believe it and this new nurse i think she was like actually a new nurse was like full well, panic mode you need to get off the toilet and i was like i will like a hundred percent pass out if i try to stand up right now like i was seeing spots i had my head like down like i was like there's no way and i could tell she was like getting like well fuck like she's on the t- like we got to get her off here so my husband ended up picking me up and like carrying me to bed <sighs> she was like i think you should take some because i hadn't taken any pain meds yet they don't really offer like epidurals at that stage maybe they do i don't know they offer you like i don't know i want to say like morphine or like you know some sort of painkiller um but i hadn't taken anything yet because it was like i felt fine and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden i didn't and so she was like i'll hook up your iv pain meds and i was like okay cool she's like i really think you should do them and like so she hooked it up and I literally, like, it's a button situation. You push the button and it gives you drugs. Push you the, press the button? Yeah. What yeah, the it, fuck? But it, you can only press You can it, only like, press, you press That's it the same once. as epidurals. Oh. If they give you an epidural, you, okay. you have control over it. But, right. it, like, you can't just be like, give me. You can press it as much as you want, but it's on a time release. So, like, only, like, every 30 minutes or whatever. Only a safe amount will go in. Okay. And so I literally pushed the button and then I had the baby like five minutes later. Whoa. Yeah. Now, okay. So what was that, that, that like alone time grieving process sort of like connection with your, your child like? Um, 
Yeah, so we had it. We actually, this is going to probably sound strange to a lot of people, but we actually, like, I actually had him on, like, um, like a commode without a bucket, basically, because it's, like, a more natural way to have birth, I guess, and, like, laying down is not apparently that natural. And honestly, like, you just, you're in a lot of pain, but, like, you feel like you need to shit. Like, that's 100% what it feels like. And so we, (laughs) first my water broke. Which, like, I didn't know. Like, I was like, is that the baby or is that my water? And the nurse was like, I'm not sure yet. Just let me see. And, like, my husband was, like, oh, my, mortified. I've never (laughs) felt so bad for my husband in my life. Just because he has, like, no experience. Like, he does not, like, I see gnarly stuff at work all the time. Like, that didn't bother me. But he was, like, like, mortified. Is it just you, him, and 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 this new nurse? Yeah, so she did end up getting another nurse. I didn't notice. Like, I thought the nurse was doing great, but Corey, my husband, told me afterwards that she was, like... She was crying. Like, trembling. Yeah, (laughs) dude, totally. She went to get another nurse, I think, that was more experienced, and then that helped. And at one point, they had, like, asked him to, like, can you, like... Oh, so I had had the baby, and they wanted to, like, cut the cord or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they needed me to, like, lean forward so they could get to it. So, wait. So what position? You're not on your back? You're No, I was, like, on a commode, like, sitting. Sitting. Okay. Yeah. And so um, they needed me to, like, lean forward to get to the cord or whatever. And <laughs> my husband, I'll never forget it, was they were like, can you just squat in front of her, like, so she doesn't fall over? Mm. And he was like, Yeah. And he, like, walked over, and it was, like, my water was, like, on the floor, and it was, like, squeak, 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 and he was, like, oh, dear God, my shoes are squeaking, like, he was so mortified, (laughs) and then, anyways, they cut the cord, and the way the stillbirth room is, it's, like, a big room, and you have your bed, and, like, they have whatever for your spouse, and then there's, like, a, a joint room, like, it's two rooms that are conjoined together, and they take the baby into this other room, and they, like, I don't know, clean it, I guess, and, like, wrap it up and stuff. And then they ask you, do you want to see it? And so my husband was like, yeah. And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> and so they brought him over. Um, and we didn't know what it was. We did find out, I want to say, like, four hours before we had him. We were like, okay, you might as well tell us the sex of what the it baby. is. Because yeah. it's going to be super overwhelming, as is. Um, And we also had to, like, they give you all these forms you have to fill out. So that's the other, like, kind of frigged up thing is, like, you go there in the morning. And before you're deep in labor, they're like, here's a list of funeral homes you need to call, like, to, like, get your baby cremated or buried or, like, all this stuff. And, like, do you want Mm. an autopsy? And, like, there's, like, all these forms you fill out. And, like, there's one that's like, what's the name? And I'm like, I wasn't going to name it. Like, What? Do you have to come up with a name? I don't think you have to. Like, I think you can put, like, baby baker, like, whatever. But um, they encourage you to name it because it helps with the grieving process. Did you name it? Yes, we did. Mm. (laughs) Um, So they brought him over, and it was like, they gave him to me. And it was, like, super strange because it's like, I'm not an idiot. I know it just happened. I delivered a dead baby. But I feel like it felt exactly what it would feel like if your baby was alive yeah like it's not that i didn't know but i was like oh my god he's so beautiful (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i love him so much like oh my god i've never felt like this before in my life like it was like a high i'm sure which is so such a departure from from you know when you were in that room with the doctor going no just get it out of me i'm I'm good i don't need it and the doctor's like Uh, I'm just going to like step in here and fucking like just kind of challenge you on that for one minute because 
there's not a single person that hasn't sort yeah. of had this. Now that I'm hearing you say the reaction that you've had, which makes so much, I mean, it really does make a lot of sense because, I mean, how many times have we heard people say, you know, you'll never know what it's like until you do it. Yeah. You'll never, like when it comes to childbirth, you'll never understand no. until you're there. Exactly. I, I was going to ask, like, you know, with all of, kind of piggybacking on what Jared was just saying, like all of the recommendations that, the doctors made about the grieving process and, and these things you should do, like even, even down to the details of like giving, giving him a name Mm -hmm. because it helps with, it seems like everybody's saying because it helps with the grieving process. And it seems like you were resistant to all of those things, but ended up doing Doing all of them too. Mm. Pretty much. Are you, are you happy? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I can't say like it a hundred percent helped because I've never done it and not did it, but, um, like I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do like talk to people that haven't done it and they do regret it. Right. Yeah. What so ab- what about the rest of the postpartum experience? Cause, cause I know that like you still have the, all the hormones, like you mm-hmm. said, and like, what are the days and weeks? Well, that's what like? gets tricky is cause you just really don't know like what is grief and what is like, do I have postpartum? Like, I don't know. Like I'm really mm. depressed, but like, oh, like, you know, you don't know like what's what, um, the first bit is like, just like a, I don't even remember like it's just so vague and I don't remember what I did or wh- like I don't really remember the weeks after um I went I actually went back to work like I want to say like 10 or 11 days later oh wow um because I was like sitting at home and at that point like I'm gonna say we were lucky but that may not be the right rate of put it but we were lucky in the way that i'm a super procrastinator so we didn't have like a crib and a painted room like we had cleaned out a room we had an empty room and we had like one bassinet in it and like maybe two things that we had gotten for the baby like most people at that point like a lot of people have their whole room set up like and i think that would be like really shitty and you were just like honey we fucking got a man den here and you just bought a poker table and put it in there like see all done (laughs) exactly it was actually my husband's like office beforehand um but like i just found it was where i'm so close to my coworkers and where i worked in the medical field like nobody was put off by like people just kind of were not awkward or like really weird about it. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like kind of normal people that maybe n- wouldn't be in the medical field. I don't know. So I just was sitting at home and I was so fucking depressed, like sitting there all alone. My husband had to work like he was in a fishing season and that was kind of his way of grieving was he was just stayed super, super busy which is fine, but, like, I was just home alone all the time, and I was, like, getting more and more and more depressed. So I was like, I'm going to go back to work. Like, I feel like I have purpose when I'm at my job, so that's what I'm going to do because I need purpose right now to, Mm -hmm. like, stay afloat. So... And that's how that that's how that manifested. Like that's how that played yeah. through. Yeah, like yeah. I just when I was at home, I was like, I have no purpose. Mm-hmm. And like for the first, I so I never had any mental health issues really before this. Um, I would say I had like some social anxiety. Like I would definitely be like when I met my husband's all my husband's friends for the first time. Like I definitely got way too drunk because I was like kind of nervous and like ended up puking <laughs> everywhere, like that kind of stuff. But like I never really had any issues. Um, and so, 
And I never really understood. I hate to admit it because I should as a like healthcare professional, but I have to say I didn't really understand mental health fully. Um, and I remember thinking at one point, like direct, like shortly after, maybe not directly shortly after, because you're in shock for quite a bit, but like even like six months and I was like, I should feel better and I don't feel better yet. Like what is going on? Um, I remember at some point, thinking like I had never my whole life I never understood why someone would kill themselves like I'm like I just don't get it like it seems so like selfish to me like at that point and I'm wrong but that's like kind of how I felt about it and then for the first time in my life I was like I get it like I get Mm. why I was never suicidal but like for the first time in my life I was like I get why people would do it Mm -hmm. I was like because they're they feel like this every day, and it feels like it's never, ever, ever going to end. Right? Did you like your your husband? You talked about your husband quite a bit. And like, obviously, he's probably the one person who was there with you step by step through the yeah. entire process. So, what was your conversation like with him through that? And how did you guys like? Did it did it add stresses to your relationship, or did you really support? So each surprisingly, other that? no. Like a lot of people, like I think the statistics are pretty high for people getting divorced or breaking up after stillbirth, and I think it's because people grieve differently, hmm. and it's hard to when you're in that spot understand why the other person is grieving the way that they're grieving, and you're grieving the way that you're grieving, but. For us, like, I never, my husband was just, like, super, like, okay. And that was okay. Like, Yeah. Something you said there, and it just made me think, like, maybe it's less of grieving differently. Because I think we all grieve differently. Yeah. But but grieving separately. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, not not allowing your grief process to be together, to be connected in a way. So it's like, can be totally separate. Having that, like, yeah, exactly. Having that like isolation between the two of you, like that, I can see how that would be really fucking challenging. And I think what happens is I think, and this is kind of generalizing, but I think women grieve it harder than men. Um, and I can't say that for everyone, but I think what happens is I think, um, the woman gets mad because the man doesn't seem to be grieving. Mm because they're kind of doing it their own way and their way is to kind of not talk about it and to stay really busy and you know stuff like that whereas I feel like most of the time women always want to talk about it and they're crying all the time like I just think it's different and I think that people can get resentful to Mm. kind of how are you how are you now uh, I'm pretty good um I definitely still have days um, certain things will always be hard. Like I had people that were pregnant with me and they have their kids now. Um, I feel like, so after I had him, they said, okay, you have six months. Like my doctor said, medically speaking, you can try like again for six months. And then I kind of am not that comfortable with you having your natural cycles because of that endometriosis is just growing and growing and growing, getting worse and worse and worse. And then you're back at stage one where you can't get pregnant because mm. your insides are a friggin' mess. So you kind of, you almost have to kind of try within six I mean, months or yeah, if you want it, like that's interesting. Yeah. If you want to do it naturally. And so that part was hard for me. And it wasn't that like, People always think like you have another kid and it's like, oh, it's all better now. But like, or people will say, I don't have other kids, but I know like people that have other kids and they're like, well, like at least you still have your other kids. And it's like, it's just a really like fucked up thing to say. It's like, which one of your parents would you want to kill? 
Like, you know, like which one would you want to go without? Like, that's not how it works. Right. Mm. And so before this, when I had infertility, I was like super chill. And then after this, I got like really, really like, like crazy with my infertility. And that caused depression and anxiety. What do you mean crazy with your infertility? Like, just like, like I used to just be chill and we would just have sex every second day for two weeks. And like the time I found out I was pregnant, I was like 12 days late for my period. And I was like, oh, weird. I probably should have my period by now. Like where afterwards it was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do these strips and I'm going to do this and I'm going to put my legs in the air and I'm going to eat more pineapple because I read that online. Yeah, do more jumping jacks upside down. Yeah, like just all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And it just made me crazy. Like Mm -hmm. it was just too much. And I ended up six months after is when I actually ended up going to see a psychiatrist and like getting diagnosed with like depression and anxiety and like, so you got that diagnosis? Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! Did wow. that did that help you to understand your situation better? Um, not really. I kind of knew I had depression, and anxiety. Like, I was kinda, like validation yeah. to some extent, though. Yeah. Like I remember when I went to my family doctor to be like, something's wrong. I was like, so I'm pretty sure I'm depressed. And she was like, what <coughs> makes you say that? And I was like, I can't really remember the last time I showered. Like I was like. <laughs> Really? Yeah. yeah, like I was like, just you're like, not I don't, depressed. You're just stinky. I don't <laughs> care. Like I just was like I couldn't. Yet I was a functioning human being. Like I was going to work and doing things. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so did we're, we're, anybody anybody like walk you through like this is what's happening in your hormones right now, and these this is what's happening to your body not right now? Really? No. They did give me one medication. So sometimes what happens is because you're pregnant, you have your baby, and you start like making milk and like lactating and like all this stuff and they do have um i was fortunate they have they were like we have this new drug that's new here in halifax they use it in toronto and we're gonna give it to you and let us know if it works and it did it stopped that so like literally like three days after my body physically was like the same i mean it has some stretch marks but like were you you weren't lactating or anything like nope. that no, oh, they gave crazy. me this pill that stopped that. Wow. That's crazy. Wow, wow. If that had been offered to you, would you would you have been interested in that? Like, even if it had meant that it would have, you would have lactated, and you would have had to go like walk through the depth of your depression. If Probably you had, not at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. They do have a support group though that I did find out about through a, that acquaintance that I knew on Facebook, and I did go to that for a little bit. Um, and it was semi-helpful when I was going. Um, it ended up being not helpful after a few months from an infertility point of view, not from a stillbirth point of view, but, like, there were six of us in it, and all five of them got pregnant, like, <laughs> instantly. Whoa, right. And then I was like, I, really like, I need me. a new support yeah. group now. <laughs> while I'm, like, stabbing myself with needles doing IVF and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was just, like, it is ended that up. Where, is that where you're at now? Like, are you, are you still trying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we did... Um, one round of IVF, and you guys kind of know how that works, but I had, um, I only had one embryo, so one potential baby, put it in and it failed. Mm-hmm. So I just did my second round, um, and I actually just put an embryo in last week. So hopefully I'll find out in a few days here, or a week. Wow. So, will yeah. You, will you keep us posted? Yeah, if you want. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have seven, six frozen ones now, though, so okay. hopefully... I won't have to do the whole process again because yeah. it's quite expensive and it's quite I know, hard. I know that we're getting close to the end yeah. of the time, but I just want to ask one more question. Like we've we've talked about um, how 
how common um, stillbirths are and about some of the stigma um, that exists out there. But what is what is kind of like the one biggest challenge with um, related to the stigma that you face? What has been one of the biggest challenges I find since your experience? It's difficult because you feel stuck between like you have your friends that are mothers and then you have your friends that are not mothers and you're just kind of like in this like limbo in between because you kind of are a mother but you're kind of not a mother and so I find it like sometimes when I'm like with people and they're like talking about oh when I gave labor like just sharing stories and then like as soon as I'm like when I was in labor everybody's just like crickets right like I feel Mm -hmm. like because my baby didn't live like I have no right to like talk about being pregnant or like going through labor or like talk about my baby like you know what I mean there's like this because it makes everyone else so uncomfortable like I have to not talk about it and and what do you wish the reaction was um like I just wish they acted like normal like oh like you know I just wish you could be a part of a conversation and it would just the conversation would carry on and maybe they would ask you something about it why can't you guys just be like what's funnier than a dead baby yeah exactly (laughs) a dead baby in a clown costume (laughs) duh and we've gone full (laughs) full circle circle. Well, I mean, you kind of like we we ask our our guests the two part question at the end, and you kind of answered it the first one right there by what Brian asked you, which is like, you know, what's the biggest thing that this is kind of taken away from you? And maybe that maybe that isn't quite the answer, but I feel like that's kind of what you were getting at. Yeah, I would say like the biggest thing that's taken away from me is like my my old self. Like right. I don't really feel like the same person I would have been before, and um, just from like a like a mental health perspective. Yeah. Like I'm now somebody that suffers with anxiety and like, I don't really like leaving my house a whole lot. And like, I have this, like, it's going to sound so stupid, but like I've become like insanely attached to my dog <laughs> since I lost my baby. So that like, makes a lot of sense. I get anxiety when I have to leave yeah. my dog home alone. Like yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, the dog's been home alone for three hours. Like, Oh, <sighs> like mm. I just like get anxiety because he's been like super therapeutic for me. So when I'm away from him, it's like mm. I just can't deal sometimes. So, like, it's definitely taken away, like, a part of my old self, I guess, and, like, my life, I guess. Does what would you say sense? is the biggest thing that it's given you? Um, I think to, like, love harder, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, just because you don't know. Like, you just don't know. And, like, I don't stress small things anymore. Like, little things that maybe used to stress me out. I'm like, whatever like something at work or like something like that. I'm just like, eh, it's not worth stressing over. It's funny how you say that, you know, one of the things that's taken away from you and within that same answer, you talk about how it's made you like stress more about your dog. Yeah. But then in the same, in like the what's have, has it given you, you say love harder, yeah. which is like, it just sounds like <laughs> you're just like fucking loving your dog hard. Like, <laughs> right. like, like it's, it, the, that's so true. It, it it's it's just really interesting that yeah. those two things are it's so hard to, linked. Like, it's like know? a double sword. Mm-hmm. I know. I was going to say, like, I'm more empathetic now, but then I'm not at more empathetic. But then I was like, you can't say yeah. that. Like, that's the same thing. <laughs> like, it's... I, yeah, I, I mean, maybe itself. maybe a double a double edged sword for for you, but for your your dog's just at home going, this is the best. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love my spoiled. mom. Yeah, so my spoiled. mom loves me so much. <laughs> um, well, I I want to say like um, uh, I I really appreciate your 
your ability to come in here and like and even with the you know considering the fact that you you find it hard to leave the house sometimes and mm-hmm. that you're you do deal with the the mental uh the mental health struggles that come with this the fact that you you have the wherewithal and the ability and the strength and the courage to come in here and sit down and and share this with us on these mics like i i I thank you deeply for that because i think that this this is one of those conversations that will be very valuable for you know a lot of people considering that fucking stat like one in 100 births yeah and and the fact the stat that you know like 90 percent of the people who listen to the show are women yeah i think that this is very valuable. And I, I, I think that uh, there's probably a few people out there in the very least that are, are pretty thankful for the fact that you came mm-hmm. on here. So thank you so much. Thank for you that. for giving me the opportunity. Like, I think it's great what you guys are doing. And I think definitely miscarriages are coming a long way with how open we are. And I mm-hmm. just think hopefully stillbirths will get there as well. But I think it is a little bit more, more behind. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully. Well, this is just one, one step. In yeah, that exactly. Direction, right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, again, thank you, Amy. This is really, really means a lot. And uh, thank you, Bridie, for coming on and adding your two cents and being a part of the the chat. Uh, you know, fuck Taylor. We don't need him. <laughs> I'm happy to give Bridie the spot. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> She's <You win>. quieter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She leaves more room for you guys to talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, we will. Be back next week, as we always are, with another great conversation. But in the meantime, it would mean the world to us if you went over to Apple Podcasts and left a rating and a review and hit the subscribe button because uh, that's really important for the the world of podcasts. And you know what? Do that to any of the other podcasts that you really enjoy listening to because it's, again, it's it's very important. Um, and also, if you want to be a part of our, our community um, and help us run this. You know, we 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 are no longer part of a, a podcast network. We are independent. We're on our own. It's just the just the three of us, and sometimes Bridie. Um, and <laughs> we could make it if we try. We could make it if we try, and we definitely could make it if you help us and join <laughs> our community by going over to patreon.com slash sick boy. Um, there's lots of amazing perks. You can join our discord community and actually add to the conversations sometimes. So we actually, we actually had some amazing questions coming today and I was monitoring them on, on, uh, on discord and we actually covered all of them today. So thanks to Megs, Devin and Lena for the questions that came in on discord. Awesome. Uh, and if you want to continue that conversation on discord, go to discord community, hashtag stillbirths and we'll keep that conversation going there too. Yeah. Amazing. And that's again, only if you're on our Patreon, so get your shit together if you want to be a part of that motherfucker. And a big thank you to Donovan the Meerkat Morgan. Uh, it's so amazing. We really miss Taylor, but um, it's great that we can relive the moment when he got in the accident by the sound effects that you're playing in the background right now, Donovan. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> so that we can, you know, Jesus. maybe. The, oh, is that the ambulance? Oh Taylor? no! Oh, oh bye, Tay. Good okay, luck. See you, Tay. We'll see you soon. Hopefully, in the next couple episodes. Probably and, not. Um, <laughs> and a big thanks to Jamesy the band for the theme music. They actually made the the music when they were take part, mm-hmm. and you can hear more of their songs at take part in this dot and uh and look for them on instagram jamesy the band i think they're oh. uh, hanging out there oh really yeah they got some new music cool. coming out so well, check them out check that out jabroni.bandcamp.com no um that is it for this week <laughs> i'm brian i'm bridie i'm jeremy and i'm amy and this is sick boy
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.